And I invite you to turn now to Mark chapter 5. As you see there, Mark chapter 5, verses 25 to 34 will be the text today. Uh, I want to mention uh, as we look into the text of Scripture that uh, this is uh, right in the middle of uh, another miracle that we're going to look at next week. But uh, we're going to focus just on verses uh, 20. Actually, let's pick up verse 24. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Ever since sin entered into the world, mankind has faced some terrible problems. Perhaps the problem that you're facing today is sickness, disease, some kind of problem in your life. And you may have been like this woman and seen a lot of doctors and yet you still have the problem. Or perhaps you have recently had a relationship breakup a fracture in your relationship with someone and you can't seem to reconcile, you can't seem to put it back together and you really feel the the hurt of that broken relationship. Or perhaps you're facing a financial problem. A lot of people these days losing jobs, having trouble finding jobs, getting over their heads in debt and you just wonder if there's any way out. And of course, the greatest enemy that we face is death. Death takes loved ones from us. And someday we ourselves are going to taste death. And what's going to be on the other side? Yes, we face problems. And this woman that we read about in this text of Scripture was facing a great problem in her life. We read in verse 25 that she had a flow of blood for 12 years. She had some kind of hemorrhage. Perhaps it was a constant slow hemorrhage of some kind or or perhaps it was a periodic that just never got better. But either way, her life's blood was was draining from her. She never felt good. She uh, felt weak. And no matter what she did, 
nothing would make it better. And added to her physical affliction was the social stigma that I'm sure she felt. Twice in this text of scripture, her illness was referred to as an affliction. And literally, the Greek word refers to a whip. It refers to chastisement. And the Jews commonly taught that if you're sick, it's because God is chastening you. And people who knew her condition would look down upon her because she was different, because she was afflicted. And oh, what a burden she bore because of that. And because of her sickness, she faced another problem because she would go from doctor to doctor to doctor trying to find help. And not one doctor could help her. She tried treatment after treatment, but every treatment they tried did not help, but in many cases only made things worse. And for 12 long years she had suffered from this affliction. Well, perhaps you can identify with this woman. Perhaps you've suffered from an illness, some kind of disease, and you've seen doctor after doctor after doctor, and you've been through surgeries, and you've taken medicine, and Oh, listen, and, and what's happened to her has happened to you that you don't really feel like you're making headway. You don't feel like you're getting better and, and you just spent a whole lot of money on these doctors and on these cures. And perhaps you also feel the way she probably felt, that because you do suffer from some affliction, perhaps because you do have more problems than other people, that people look down upon you, and perhaps some even judge you. Well, I have good news for you this morning, that this woman found the answer. She looked everywhere else for the answer, but it wasn't until she came to Jesus that she really found the answer. And I want to share with you this morning the pathway to having God intervene in, in your life. Having God meet the needs of your life. And I can't promise that you'll be healed of some affliction this morning. At least not now. But if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the day has come when you will experience no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more death. And if the problem that you face is an eternity, knowing that you're a sinner facing death, there's an answer for you. Jesus can save you from your sin. And let's look together and see how we can experience the intervention from God. First of all, you need to learn about Jesus. That is what made the difference in this woman's life she learned about Jesus. It says there in verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came to him. It wasn't until she heard about Jesus, she learned about Jesus, that she found her healing. She found her touch from God. And you know, that's what it takes. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm going to talk about faith in just a moment, but the first step of faith is to hear about Jesus, to hear the Word of God. 
And what she heard about Jesus is what we need to learn about Jesus as well. First of all, you need to learn of his power. I believe as she heard about Jesus, she heard what Jesus had been doing for others. She heard that Jesus had cleansed the leper. She heard that Jesus had caused the blinded eyes to see. She heard of the power of Jesus which caused a lame man to walk. And she heard of the great power of Jesus Christ to heal. And because of that, she was encouraged. Wow, Jesus could heal me. What he's done for others, he can do for me. And so you need to learn about the great power of Jesus. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus Christ can meet the needs of your life. Jesus Christ can save your soul. Jesus Christ has the power because he is the Son of God. But you also need to learn about his compassion. I think this woman heard not only of the great power of Jesus, but that Jesus was compassionate. That he really cared about people. That he frequently, out of compassion, would reach out and touch people and help them with the problems that they were facing. And I believe this woman experienced the compassion of Jesus for herself it wasn't just something she heard about she experienced it we're moving a little ahead here but as you skim on down to verse 30 we read that Jesus after feeling the healing power flow from him to her turned around and said who touched my clothes And he not only asked that question, but verse 32 says that he kept looking, scanning the audience. And I think at some point his eyes caught her eyes. And knowing in her heart she had to speak up, she came fearing and trembling. And the Bible says, falling at his feet, she told him the whole truth. The whole truth was not only, Lord, I'm the one that touched you, but I believe, Lord, let me tell you why I touched you. I've had this bleeding problem for 12 years, and it's never gotten better. It's only gotten worse, and no one has been able to help me. Lord, you're the only one that can help me. And as she shared her story, as she poured out her heart to Jesus, what did Jesus do? Did he rebuke her for touching him? After all, according to Leviticus chapter 15, someone who had an issue of blood, a discharged blood, was unclean. Did she rebuke her? No. But, she said, but he said, daughter. A term of affection, of love. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Jesus Christ demonstrated his love and compassion for this woman. And so you need to learn about Jesus as the first step of God intervening in your life and God meeting the needs of your life. Learn about Jesus. And how are you going to do that? Well, you need to do what you're doing today. You need to come to church and learn about Jesus. 
You need to come to Sunday school and learn about Jesus. Come on Wednesday night, learn about Jesus. Open up your Bible and read the Gospels that tell us about Jesus. And I want to tell you, you're not just going to find Jesus in the Gospels. You find Jesus from Genesis to Revelation. Learn about Jesus. That's the first step. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But secondly, you need to have faith in Jesus. This woman was healed because she had faith in Jesus. In fact, Jesus said in verse 34, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Jesus said her faith is what made her well. Her faith was absolutely essential in her healing. And if you're going to receive blessing from God, if you're going to have God intervene in your life, it's absolutely essential that you put your faith in Jesus Christ. He's the one that has the power to save. He's the one that has the power to heal. He's the one that has the power to meet the needs of your life. And He cares for you. So put your faith in Jesus. But I want you to note a few things about her faith that should be true of us. First of all, she had a great faith. I really believe that she had a great faith. In verse 28, it says that she kept saying, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. She did not say, if I touch his clothes, I hope I will be made well. I think I will be made well. No, she said, I will be made well. I believe she had faith in the power of Jesus to heal her of her affliction. She had great faith. Now some of the commentators that I've read say that her faith was tainted with superstition. That she believed that the clothing would confer healing in and of itself. And indeed there are people who have a superstitious kind of a faith. Yes, there are some people who think that by taking the elements of the Lord's Supper, the elements themselves will confer some grace to you. There are those who say, well, if I be baptized, the water will wash away my sins. There are those who believe that by holding on to a crucifix or, or clinging to prayer beads, that somehow those physical elements will help you receive a blessing from God. And yes, there are some who will receive a two-inch square cloth in the mail from some preacher who says that he's prayed over that prayer piece of cloth and if you'll just put it on your head and say a prayer, that you'll be healed. Oh yes, there are those that have a superstitious kind of a faith thinking that mere physical elements are going to confer anything sight of at least others or to come and grab his hand and to beg for, for healing again would have made him unclean I believe she chose to do the least necessary to receive healing from Jesus 
And that is to quietly come up from behind and not touch Jesus, but just touch, according to Matthew and Luke, the hem of his garment. That would be enough to bring healing. Just, just the hem of the garment is all I need. Just to not touch Jesus, but just touch his clothing will be enough to bring healing to me. And even so, we need to have the kind of great faith that says, you know, I don't have to go through some long, prolonged process in order to receive what I need from God, but just a simple prayer is all I need to touch God. Just a prayer. Just a prayer. Just something that simple. I believe God is great and God is powerful and God is loving. And if I just put my faith in Jesus, I can be healed or I can have this need met or I can be saved and forgiven of all of my sins. Have a great faith. And by the way, if you want to have great faith like this woman, don't focus on your faith. What what I mean by that is don't focus on mustering up more faith, trying to believe harder. Focus on the object of our faith, Jesus. You see, the greater the object of your faith, the greater your faith will be. There are some people you don't have any faith in. Why? Because you can't count on them. They're weak. You you can't have faith in them, but when you focus on Jesus and His greatness and His love and compassion... The more you focus and learn about Jesus, the greater your faith will be. So have a great faith. But secondly, you need to have an active faith. According to verse 27, again, she had been saying to herself, if I just touch his garment, I will be healed. You know, it's one thing to believe it. It's one thing to say it. But you've got to do it. You've got to act upon your faith. And so sure enough, verse 27 says, When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. She came behind him and touched her garment. She acted on her faith. It was not only faith in her head, but now faith in her hand. And she reached out and touched Jesus. She acted upon her faith. I have a preacher friend that uh, put something on Facebook. <laughs> and uh, it, 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 the quote went something like this. He said, show me your actions and I will show you what you really believe. Show me your actions and I will show you what you really Believe, And indeed, real faith issues forth in action. She reached out and touched Jesus. She acted upon her faith. And if you're really saved today, I believe you will act upon your faith by calling upon Jesus in prayer, by confessing Him as your Savior, by following Him in baptism, by living a life of obedience, real faith, must be acted upon. So have great faith in Jesus. Have an active faith in Jesus. And then you will have 
a great result. Notice what happened with this woman, verse 29. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Immediately, just like that, as soon as she touched the hem of his garment, this woman was healed. It didn't take a long series of treatments that Jesus prescribed to her. No, instantly, just like that, she was healed. And notice it says that it wasn't just the stream of blood that was dried up, but the fountain, the source of the hemorrhage was healed immediately. And furthermore, it says she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. She actually experienced it. She she felt the healing. She felt the health and vigor return to her. And imagine the joy that she felt when Jesus healed her of her affliction. Folks, what she experienced is something we can experience as well. By the way, the word healed is in the perfect tense, which indicates something that takes place in the past but has lasting results. This woman was healed for good from this affliction. It did not come back. She was healed. And what she experienced, we can experience. I believe we see here a picture of salvation. When you realize that you need to be saved, you need to be forgiven, I want you to know that you can call upon Jesus, put your faith in Him, and just like that, you can be saved. Just like that, you can be born again. You can have new life. You can be on your way to heaven instantly, and you will have a lasting salvation if you put your faith in Jesus Christ. I believe Jesus Christ still heals. Put your faith in Him. I don't agree with those who say it's always God's will to heal in this life. That's obvious because it's appointed unto men once to die. And after this judgment, everybody's going to get sick and die. It's not always God's will to heal. But I do believe Jesus still heals those who place their faith in Him. If it is indeed His will. And oftentimes it is. Whatever problem you're facing, put your faith in Jesus Christ. Trust in His greatness. Trust in His love and concern for you. And you can experience great results. But notice what else you can experience. Salvation. Peace. Jesus Christ was not only going to be her healer, but Jesus Christ wanted to be her Savior. And so he said to her in verse 34, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Literally, Jesus says, go into peace. It's as if Jesus has opened the door and she can enter into peace. Something she had not known up to that time. You see, again, Jesus said, be healed of your what? Affliction. 
Up to this time, she believed that her illness, her disease, her hemorrhage was a chastisement from God. That because of some sin she had committed or perhaps her parents had committed, that she was being afflicted by God again and again and again. But now that she knows Jesus as her Savior, now, instead of feeling that God is afflicting her, now she is at peace with God. Now she senses the smile of God upon her soul. And if you put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, God will forgive you of your sins. And when God looks upon you, He doesn't see your sin. He sees the blood of Jesus. He sees righteousness. And God smiles upon you as one of His children. And you can have peace with God knowing that things are right between you and God. Put your faith in Jesus. And you indeed can have great results. And so we need to learn about Jesus. We need to put our faith in Jesus. And then we need to confess what Christ has done for you. Because that's what we read in this text of scripture. What what an example. After she touched the hem of his garment, Jesus turned around and said, Who touched me? Many times Jesus did not want those whom he healed to um, give undue publicity about what had happened. But in this case, he was not going to allow her to receive her healing and then quietly slip away without anyone knowing. Jesus Christ insisted that she come forward and confess what Christ had done for her. And so after asking, who touched my clothes? By the way, notice what the disciples said. The disciples said, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? I tell you what, these disciples, don't they just bless your heart how smart they are? (laughs) Jesus, we want to instruct you. Don't you understand, you dummy, that you're being thronged and pressed about by every side? What do you mean asking who touched you? Everybody's touching you. Um, Jesus is going to show who's really knows in this situation. And by the way, uh, may I suggest you don't try to instruct God? You know, uh, Job learned a long time ago, you don't try to instruct God. You, You rather learn from God. Listen to him. And, and so Jesus said, you know, after saying that, verse 32, it says, Jesus looked around. The tense indicates that he kept looking. He looked around to see her who had done this thing. And again, at some point, his eyes rested upon this woman, knowing who it was all along. But the woman... Fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. She confessed it all. Lord, this is what was wrong with me. This is what you did for me. Thank you, Lord. She publicly confessed Jesus as her healer 
and her Savior at this particular moment. You know, that's what the Bible says we ought to do. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Confession is an act of true faith. And we ought to confess publicly that Christ has saved us. We ought to confess publicly when Christ has done something wonderful for us. Christ wants us to confess him openly. But you may say, oh, I I don't know I can do that. I I know I need to trust Jesus as my Savior, but I, I don't want to walk down that aisle and talk to that preacher I hardly know. And talk and stand in front of all those people and be baptized and wonder if the preacher is going to drown me or not. Or, you know, and, and the Christian life, I'm not sure about that. And you feel the same thing this woman felt as she stepped forward. How did she feel? She was fearing and trembling. I remember as a 17-year-old walking down the aisle at Western Baptist Church to present myself for baptism, being scared to death. But let me tell you something. Let me encourage you with something this morning. Notice what it says. Verse 33, But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down and told the whole truth. Now, do you see a connection there? She did not confess Jesus until Jesus had healed her. It was only after she realized that she had been healed that she found the strength to step forward and confess Christ as Savior. Oh, dear child, dear young one, dear elderly person, if you haven't trusted Jesus as your Savior, don't you worry about walking down this aisle and being scared to death. Get the right order. Get saved. Get born again. The Spirit of God will come within you. And knowing what Christ has done for you, you will find the strength. You will have the strength to step forward and confess Christ as your Savior and be baptized. Confess what Christ has done for you. Let me tell you why you need to do that. Because you should give glory to Christ. If she had been healed and slipped quietly away, Jesus would not have received glory for healing yet another person. Her story would be missing in Matthew, Mark, and Luke if she had quietly slipped away and no one had confessed what had happened. But because she confessed publicly, then glory was given to Jesus. Glory was given to God. You see, when you confess what God has done for your soul, you complete the circle. You see, Psalm 50, verse 15 says, Call upon me in the day of trouble. Have you ever been there? You felt... This is a day of trouble. Call upon the Lord, put your faith in Him, and He says, I will deliver you. All right, so you, the the prayer goes up, the faith goes up, the blessing, the deliverance comes down, and then 
makes full circle when you lift up your praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. And you shall glorify me. That is what we are to do. When we confess Christ. The Bible says the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner who repents. When you confess Christ as Savior, you not only bring glory to God here on earth, but glory to God up in heaven. And then secondly, because you need to be obedient. Christ commands us to confess Him publicly. He, by implication, commanded this woman to identify herself. To confess is just a matter of obedience. And if you you really have faith, You'll have a faith that acts by being obedient in this matter of confession. Jesus said, whoever confesses me before men, him will I confess before my Father, which is in heaven. You know, until you are obedient in this matter of confession, you may be saved, but you are like a plant that is put away in a closet And such a plant becomes pale, sickly. There's no strength there. And until you become obedient to Jesus Christ in this matter of confession, you are not going to be the Christian that God wants you to be. And so be obedient when it comes to confession. And then finally, confess because others want to encourage you in your faith. You see, it wasn't until this woman stepped forward and identified herself, confessed that Jesus was able to minister to her, that the door was open for Jesus to minister to her. How so? Well, he ministered to her by affirming her as someone who has a relationship with him. He called her daughter. He expressed affection to her, love for her. And it was only after she identified herself. And then furthermore, Jesus was able to instruct her. Jesus said, your faith has made you well. It wasn't the garment that made you well. It was your faith in me that made you well. Jesus was able to instruct her now that she identified herself and was able to send her away in peace. And you know what? When you publicly confess Christ as your Savior, when you follow Him in baptism, do you know what happens? People know you're a Christian now. And people can come up to you and say, Welcome to the family of God, my dear brother, my dear sister. And once you identify yourself as a Christian, then we can know better how to minister to you and how to teach you and instruct you in the way that you should live. Yes, confess Christ as your Savior because others want to encourage you in your faith. There were a lot of people in the crowd that day. Hundreds were thronging Jesus that day. 
Many were following him out of curiosity. Many were following him because that's what everybody else was doing. But the only one person that day was healed in that crowd. And it was a woman who knew her need and who believed in a Savior. And so if you're facing a great need this morning, if you need to be saved this morning, that's your greatest need, then may I suggest to you that you learn about Jesus. That's what you're doing today, and I commend you for it. And then you come to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Put your faith in Him. He's the one that can do what no one else can do because He's the Savior. He's the Son of God. And when you look to Jesus and when He saves you or when He intervenes and meets that need in your life, then you need to confess and give glory to Him for what He's done for you. And so we lead into the invitation this morning. Having heard about Jesus, having learned about Jesus, is there someone here this morning that needs to put their faith in Jesus Christ as Savior? Well, I invite you to do that. Just a simple prayer of faith. Knowing that He died for your sins on the cross and He'll come into your life and save you and forgive you. If you'll call upon His name, the Bible says you will be saved. And I'll be happy to lead you in such a prayer. And the Bible says you need to make it public. You need to confess. And so there may be someone here today, whether you're saved this morning or have already been saved but haven't made it public, we invite you to come forward and make it public this morning and give glory to the Lord for what He's done for you. Or maybe God has done something special in your life and you just want to give glory to Him for that and we invite you to come this morning. Or if He's leading you to make this your church home, you're already a believer, we invite you to come this morning. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank You so much for the stories of Jesus. Lord, I pray that as we've learned about Jesus, that our faith will be stronger. And we will have great faith in what Christ can do for us. And I pray that Christ will save today. I pray that Christ will meet those great needs today. And I pray that your people indeed will, will put their faith in you in a new and a fresh way. And leading God in this invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing our hymn of response, hymn number 333. And we invite you to come.